Welcome to the Whiskey and Lemon Podcast. This is episode 32, part two of Introverts and Extroverts. Let's jump right into it. As mentioned in the last episode, introverts tend to have a higher rhythm and therefore seek out activities that are solo or in small groups as to balance out their high rhythm. While extroverts tend to have a lower rhythm and therefore seek out activities in larger and more social groups so as to balance out their low rhythm. When introverts then engage in higher rhythm activities, it's not necessarily that they do not enjoy those moments, but it could exhaust them faster as they already have this rhythm naturally. The more social type of activities can overstimulate them and actually drain them instead of providing them energy. It's almost like giving someone that is very exhausted from a social event a massive amount of sugar or an energy drink. Their body is in conflict and can spiral or get sick. So in an introvert's case, they are internally in a higher rhythm, i.e. the social event in this example. They seek out lower rhythm activities, the exhaustion in this story, and then someone comes in and says, no, have this abundance of caffeine. When extroverts engage in lower rhythm activities, they may be left feeling understimulated. So in this example, imagine an extrovert being very bored or unfulfilled because they did nothing all weekend. And then before the weekend ends, they prepare for exciting plans and then they get canceled. While an introvert may actually appreciate those canceled plans, extroverts may be in need of that stimulation to balance out their naturally low rhythm. Another reason why these balances are needed is because of our dopamine levels. Dopamine is that feel-good chemical. It's a neurotransmitter that the brain releases when it experiences something joyful. The chemical is released when we eat good, during sex, or being around people who really make us feel happy and or loved. It then enhances our mood, energy, and emotional responses. Introverts have a high sensitivity to dopamine. Therefore, too much of it can make them feel overstimulated and therefore extremely tired. Extroverts have a low sensitivity and therefore need and crave more of it. These personality types also differ in how and when they prefer to utilize their sympathetic nervous system, the one that feels adrenaline and carries the fight or flight mode. And then there is the parasympathetic nervous system that needs rest and relaxation. So in comparison, picture one of those driving school vehicles where there's a gas and brake pedal on both the driver and passenger side. Now imagine the sympathetic nervous system. It would be the student slamming on the gas. You can guess that's the extrovert. And then the parasympathetic nervous system, which would be the teacher slamming on the brake. You can imagine that would be the introvert. Psychology Today answers the question, how does dopamine make you feel? By stating dopamine causes you to want, desire, seek out, and search. It increases your general level of arousal and your goal-directed behavior. Dopamine makes you curious about ideas and fuels your search for information. Dopamine creates reward-seeking loops in the sense that people will repeat pleasurable behavior from checking Instagram to taking drugs. They also answer the question, what does it mean to say someone has high levels of dopamine? A person with high levels of dopamine, whether due to temperament or to a transient, perhaps chemically induced state, can be described as a sensation seeker. The upside of sensation seeking is that people see potential stressors as challenges to be overcome rather than threats that might crush them. This mindset is a buffer against the stress of life. It increases their hardiness and resilience in the long term. Both personality types have both ends of the nervous system, but each prefer to be used more frequently and introverts being more thought-based and extroverts being more feeling-based. This process alone is how introverts and extroverts drastically differ. Introverts can be most effective when they are alone or in small groups. They are more self-aware and, of course, based on the term, more introspective. 
Extroverts tend to be more outward feeling, meaning they crave that social interaction and think based off of doing and moving in a way based off the actions they experience from others. Introverts also prefer to recycle the energy outward the same way they take it in. They pull energy from solitude, small groups, and observation, and give out energy through creative means and solo work. While extroverts pull energy from large groups, excitement, optimism, and then giving out energy by displaying qualities of charm and persuasion. Introverts also tend to be attractive to others for their self-sufficiency, creativity, and mysterious demeanor. Extroverts tend to be attractive to others for their bubbly personalities, along with their positivity and adventurous spirit. Notice the subtle shift that can take place here with someone that most resembles ambivalence, or being an ambivert. All of this to say that extroverts tend to be more social because they feel more fulfilled by the quote-unquote rewards of interacting with others, while introverts feel this way by self-reflection and solo activities. Ambiverts either shift between the two drastically or have an overall balance. Touching back on a previous episode I did on theory of mind brings me to the benefits and dangers of analyzing our personality type. By understanding what point of the scale or where on the spectrum you most likely relate to can help you to properly distribute your energy and focus based on the activity and time. You also don't want to self-diagnose based on your personality type or any other methodology. Something like introversion and extroversion, the Enneagram, the five love languages, 16 personalities are there as an analysis tool to help us make sense of certain behaviors, thoughts, or feelings of ourselves or others. It can help us to be more self-aware and process these functions in ways that can benefit us and making decisions based on what we personally need or what someone else may need. With that being said, we don't want to lean on any of these items or use them as an end-all be-all by saying things like, if this person or myself is this thing, then all these other things must apply. It's a framework, not a rule. Please now keep that in mind as I provide you with some interesting statistics on personality types. A 1990 study by Risberg, Rosen, Stenberg, and Workington found that introverts have higher levels of blood flow to their frontal lobes than that of an extrovert. The frontal lobe is responsible for memory, planning, and resolution, leading the theorists to believe that introverts would function at a higher rate here than an extrovert would. Ethel Abernethy defined an extrovert as someone who enters with interest and confidence into social activities of the direct type and has little liking for planning or detailed observation. She defines introverts as being below the general average in social inclination and above the average in liking for thought. Min Lee and Nass of a 2003 study stated the cause of an extrovert's strong social presence is their tendency to talk more frequently and at higher volumes, occupying more physical space. They also project broader gestures to initiate more conversations than an introvert might. Rudder, Morley, and Graham of a 1972 study discovered that when communicating with strangers, extroverts made more eye contact and spoke more frequently than introverts. In 2001, Belojevic, Slepkovic, and Jack Luklovic found that noise distractions in the workplace are more of a problem for introverts than for extroverts. They found that an introduction of noise distraction caused pronounced concentration problems for introverts. These results supported the hypothesis that introverts have a more pronounced reaction to noise, leading to heightened arousal, which then interferes with performance on complex tasks. ISIN's 1982 study supports the hypothesis that introverts have a more pronounced reaction to noise, leading to heightened arousal, which then interferes with performance on complex tasks. Noman states in their 2016 work that 50% of extroverts make snap and quick decisions, but 75% of introverts rely on their intuition and inner feelings. 
Heavy social media users who spend more than two hours a day on social media are seen by themselves and others as more outgoing and extroverted, according to Harbaugh of a 2010 study. Bukaboom, Tanis, and Vermulin of a 2012 study found that extroverts and introverts have very different verbal styles. They investigated the link between extroversion and language abstraction, and they discovered that extroverts tend to talk in more abstract terms, whereas introverts are more likely to focus on facts in order to grasp the information. The four pillars, or as some like to classify it as the four types of introversion, are viewed as anxious, restrained, social, and thinking. According to the cut, unlike social introverts, anxious introverts may seek out solitude because they feel awkward or self-conscious around other people because they're not very confident in their own social skills. But often their anxiety doesn't fade when they're all alone. This kind of introversion is defined by a tendency to ruminate, to turn over and over in their minds the things that might or could or already have gone terribly wrong. Restrained, or also known as reserved, introverts prefer thinking before they speak or act. They also might take a while to get going. They can't, for instance, wake up and immediately spring into action. Social introversion is the typical definition of introversion in that they have a preference for socializing in small groups versus large ones. Or sometimes there's a preference for no group at all. Solitude is often preferable for those who score high in social introversion. According to psychologist Jonathan Cheek, they prefer to stay home with a book or a computer or to stick to small gatherings with close friends as opposed to attending large parties with many strangers. The cut states that this is different from shyness and that there's no anxiety driving the preference for solitude or small groups. Thinking, which is a newer concept, is where introverts with high levels of thinking introversion don't share the aversion to social events people usually associate with introversion. Instead, this style of introversion just means a person who tends to be introspective, thoughtful, and self-reflective. Cheek states you're capable of getting lost in an internal fantasy, but it's not in a neurotic way, it's in an imaginative and creative way. An observation in my work is that introverts process their feelings and conflict better on their own first. Forcing them to communicate too early could cause them to express in a detrimental way. Whereas extroverts prefer to process their feelings outwardly and being forced to process internally could be detrimental. Finding a happy medium for two individuals on opposite ends of the spectrum is obviously ideal. Refer to my attachment theory episode for more discussion on this. As always, I hope this information was helpful for you. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please subscribe and leave a review.